0: Welcome to the Christian Coach Podcast, where our mission is to serve coaches through conversations so they can lead like Jesus. I'm Chad Simpson. I'm joined by my co-host, Gian Lemmy. What's up, Gian?
1: How's it going, Chad?
0: Good, brother.
1: Chad, we have a special surprise for everybody, and we've been teasing it out. It's on social media already, but this is our third season. This is our junior year of this podcast, and, you know, I think Chad, you and I both had our junior years were pretty good seasons at Liberty Tennis, but we always felt like we could have done more. And that's why, in this podcast, in our junior year, we we're bringing Jim Good. He was a guest uh, last season, and now he has a new role. And we're like, we probably could use a little bit more of enthusiasm that comes from Jim, a little bit more of his wisdom. He's really old, Chad. He's much, much older than we are. And so he's going to bring in some, some good experience to this podcast. But welcome, Jim. Bang, bang. Thank you,
2: Gian, man. What an intro. I'm honored. I'm humbled. Even I can handle that old comment remark. But man, excited. Grateful, humbled to uh, be part of season three, man. Excited what God has planned.
0: And Jim, uh, or Jim, our, our, your role is with Nations of Coaches. And we were just thinking through, let's just get somebody else on our team, somebody that loves the Lord, somebody that loves sports. And we're excited for you to, to join our team. So thanks for joining us, man.
2: Again, excited to be here. Yeah,
1: Chad, yeah, but... give, us, give us some of our... Uh... I guess people don't want to listen to us anymore, Chad. You know the guests. It's on the title. People are tuning in. Just maybe give us a little bit about who's who's our guest today.
0: Let's let's get into it. Today we are so blessed and fortunate to have Alex Dimchek. Some are calling him the rookie of the year, um, as far as being a, a stud new author. Um, he was an SEC quarterback at Mizzou. Um, worked in in the financial world for a little bit. He's a top keynote speaker and trainer for the John Gordon Companies. And he was so fortunate. He tells a story about how he was able to pin this new book called The Sale. If you haven't read it yet, you need to go get it. It's called The Sale, the number one strategy to build trust and create success. Um, So many great principles, but is there anything that you guys want to uh, highlight before we get into it?
1: Jim, go ahead. since you're you're a new member
2: well i love in the middle of his story he shares a little bit um, about when he was struggling with his identity and getting cut from football i know you'll enjoy that part but a key quote he mentioned is leadership requires no title and uh, i just loved hearing his uh, just how god started working in his life through that process
0: that's really good and There's so, so much more within this. You guys are going to really love the episode, and we aren't going to push any book that we don't love and respect, and this is one that you need to go out and get if you're a Christian coach um, coaching in the world right now. So go get the book. Enjoy this episode. We're ready to get into it right now. Alex Dimchek, it's so good to have you on the Christian Coach Podcast. really really big fan of the work that you've done and, and we're blessed and honored to have you join us and we we start every episode with the power question we like to just jump right into things and so I just want to throw it to you uh what does it mean to you to be a christian coach
3: chad well thanks for having me i love aia and i love being around coaches and so this is kind of the perfect podcast for both of those things and so Man, I, I heard a quote years ago from Billy Graham, and he kind of referenced this towards teachers, but I think it also directs uh, directly to coaches. And what he said is a teacher or a coach will impact more people in one year than the average person will in a lifetime. And, you know, I don't know how you would ever quantify if that's, you know, true, like statistically speaking, but. Billy Graham obviously was a great guy, and, and I trust that quote. And I think if there's any truth to that quote, it just speaks to the um, stewardship responsibility that a coach has. That a coach who um, – you know, I was at a, at a wedding last night, and there was a Division I SEC football coach there that I, I was getting to talk with and just hearing about all the different things that he's doing and the way that in which he's doing it um, from a biblical worldview at the highest level – and he's doing things that are maybe countercultural, right? But he's having success and and he gets criticism and he gets all these things, but he understands, man, like I, I'm doing this for a purpose. And this was just last night I was having this conversation at a wedding, literally. And, um, but I think for all the coaches listening, there is not, in my opinion, you know, I, uh, a coach just has such a responsibility to steward the get their gifts well, because when they do that and they're able to, to be filled up and then pour out to these kids, like, we just all know how transformative a coach can be positively or negatively. And I think today with, you know, kids in college, for example, being able to transfer an NIL and all these different changes, man, it's changed the coaching landscape. Like I bet if we talked to coaches 50 years ago, they'd be like, what's NIL, you know, you know? Um, So it's completely different. Um, But it's also such a cool opportunity for coaches um, to make a difference in these kids' lives. And, you know, I, I think both of us obviously as being athletes, like we have been shaped by the coaches that we've had, you know, and, and if you go into a room and I do this all the time, when I speak, when I'm with college high school coaches, I say, Hey, raise your hand. If you are a coach today, because a coach has made a positive impact on your life. And it's crazy. Like how many people you look around and their hand is raised. And it's, it just speaks to the, it speaks volumes of the, the platform that a coach has because they're with these athletes in some of the most transformative times in, in the good and the bad. And it's like, man, you have such a great platform and responsibility. Don't waste it.
0: Yeah, that's really good. Huge, huge opportunity for a coach, like you said, to speak life and, and the positive or, or tear down. Uh, into the negative and and Alex I've I've heard heard you on other podcasts and and heard some of your story but I'm just curious if we could go back um, just for your upbringing share as much or as little as you want but just curious from your faith upbringing uh, sports background um, just tell us a, a little bit more
3: yeah, so I grew up in a Christian home and with my sister, and uh, we had we were just very blessed with parents um, that just provided so much for us and and brought us up and sent us to Christian camps and Christian youth group and all these things. And, and to be honest, for a while, um, even going into college, I, I kind of struggled with my testimony because I you know we'd be at a youth group and we'd be sharing, and someone would you know get up and share a really really graphic, really hard thing that they overcame and. You know everyone's clap, and, and it was such an awesome testimony, and it's just like you're you're almost tearing up hearing these this person share, and then, and then I'm like, man, I don't have a like I I don't have that, and uh, someone really encouraged me a few years ago. They said it was actually what's cool about this. It was someone in AIA actually. It was an AIA director, Nathan Buxman, and so that's cool how this is all full circle. He was just encouraging me. He's like, look, there are people. That look to your life and see the healthy, um, and again, obviously, none of us are perfect, but the way in which your parents raised you and have that healthy dynamic and relationship that you still have today like that is a testimony of Christ, um, in the way that they did that and, and how rare it is to have a um, two parent home these days, and in, in the way that you're raised, and so that that helped me. That, that was really encouraging. Um, and yeah I mean even just Nathan Bucksman who works for AIA and and does similar work to what you do I mean he was there with me at Mizzou and was really really helped shape my faith when I went through challenging times at Mizzou and had hardships and like he was just a constant guy that would show up in the dining hall and probably a lot of people didn't know what his job title was at first because he wasn't a coach right but he would just be there and and almost every morning he would be having breakfast and and he would just have his Bible open. And, and it was just crazy to see how guys, myself included would just walk over and be like, what's he, and just sit down. And he would got, he would just say, Hey guys, let me tell you about the sermon on the Mount or whatever. And he would just start. And it was such an encouragement because you're in this like, you know, college football environment. And but it's like, man, just to pause before your day starts and have this perspective from an AI guy in AIA. It was so, it was so awesome. And I still, I'm connected with him to this day and, uh, you know, had, he's had a huge impact on my life. And so I would say growing up in the way I was raised, went to a, a church camp called Canica as a college counselor. I actually met my wife there and still have great friends there. That was super instrumental in my life as far as my faith journey and uh, actually went to UTC. I went to um, the camp in Colorado with in the beautiful landscape of Fort Collins with all these athletes and you know that was super transform transformative in my life, and um, and here we are. And so, I honestly, man, just want to say thanks for having me on because I do love the mission of AIA and what you guys what you guys do.
0: Oh, that's awesome. That's, it's been so encouraging. I, I've been with athletes in action here for about six months, and just hearing so many so many stories of kind of unsung heroes, people that you don't don't know about, just hanging out in cafeterias or in coffee shops, having just being available to have an impact on on a guy like you and, and when when these moments of crisis maybe happen I'm curious just uh, a moment in your life it sounded like your backup quarterback uh, at Missouri um, you know trying trying to make that starting uh, spot and then all of a sudden uh, you know bad news hits can you just tell us about that that moment and then just how did you respond like what was the days and the weeks after uh, to, to not just like go into the deep end and, and throw your life away
3: yeah, there's times I wanted to probably. But yeah, mm-hmm. I was, you know, for me, football was my identity. That's what I did. Alex, the quarterback, Alex, the football player and going into my junior season where I thought things were going up into the right for me. The coaches had said positive things. Um I had a good spring ball, like things were trending upward. I, I sit and I go to this meeting you have every year. It's a walk on meeting with your your position coach. And I sit down. And usually there was one coach, but this time there was three. So that was different. And so I, I sit down and one of the coaches is closing the door behind him. So I'm like, well, that's not a good start to the meeting. And I sit down and he, he pretty much, he just shoots me straight. He says, Alex, we have over scholarshipped at quarterback. We are bringing in someone to take your spot. And so for me, it hit me just like a, I mean, a million miles a second and I I couldn't believe it, Um, and and he said, you know, you have two options. Option number one is you can you're, you're cut, you're done, you know, that's it, business transaction. You know, thank you, but no, thank you, you're not good enough. And option number two is you can stay on as a volunteer assistant coach, no pay, you know, doing all the small things. And and so he's like, by the way, you have to decide right now. And so my mind's racing. I'm like, what do I do? Do I transfer? You know, and in that moment, I just felt compelled to stay. And and so I said, I'll stay on as this assistant coach, whatever that, whatever that means. And that was on a Friday. And I remember just walking out of that meeting room and getting in my truck and parking. And I remember just crying and, and feeling so humiliated. Like here, I'm a kid from this small town, gets the chance. And like, this is how it ends. And I'm sitting there as a, as a, obviously as a Christian going, God, like how, like this is not how I scripted it. Like in a million years, I would have never wanted this humiliation of like, man, now I have to tell people like, yeah, I'm not on the team anymore. I'm cut. Like I w- I wasn't good enough. And now I have to show up at practice every day and do these small things and make the person who took my spot look better, you know, look good. And that was my role now in practice. And so, man, that was so humiliating. And I so I remember that first practice walking into the facility thinking like, God, like, I don't know, what you have for me, but maybe this coaching thing, this is this is where you have me, right? I'm thinking I'm going to have this big coaching role. And so I walk in and one of the assistant coaches, he hands me this flag. He literally hands me this yellow flag. And he says, Alex, I want to show you what your job title is going to be. And I'm like, all right. And he takes this flag and he says, we need to work on di- our discipline and practice. And so when someone jumps off sides, you're going to take this flag and you're going to throw it on the ground. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I think that I can handle that. Mm And, you know, he literally demonstrated how to do it twice. And I was like, okay, that was like, that was the worst part. He showed me how to throw this flag twice. And I'm like, I think I can handle that. And, uh, you know, I'm like, do I do this at the beginning of practice, the end, like which part of practice do you want me to do this? And he said, we need you to do this role for the entire season. And, you know, what I thought was going to be a promising junior year, long story short, was me throwing the darn flag. It was me, making coffee for the coaches. It was doing the practice plan, printing them off, doing all of these small details that like, I felt like no one in the world saw, like I, no one even noticed all my friends are living out their dreams, but here I am doing these small menial tasks. But I'll say this, Chad, like during that year, there were relationships with guys on the team that I would have never connected with. Cause I was just too busy. I was so consumed with myself. I mean, I would have guys that I didn't even know where people of faith would come up to me and say, man, like, I've been praying for you. Like, thanks for sticking with it. Like, this has been a huge encouragement to me. And I'm like, like those are the types of things that kept me going. You know, I think about my AIA director at, at Mizzou, Nathan Buxman was right there able to, to be like, look, God has not put you here for just your football ability. God has put you and placed you here for his glory. And so he doesn't care if you're the starting quarterback or if you're literally the flag thrower, like what you're doing right now. And so that was such an encouragement. And it kind of gave me this new, approach and seriousness to making an impact on other people. And so um, you know I continued to work out with the team that year. I stayed with it. I tried to do all the little things right. I, I talked to the coaches. What can I do to get back on the team? And then my senior year, I did get back as a quarterback on the team. We went to the Citrus Bowl. It was an awesome year. It was great. It was a great ending to my career. But the story that I want to convey to any coach listening is that when I look at all of my years as a player, but then I look at that one year, my junior season where I was throwing the darn flag. I had no, I had no title. I had no response. You know, I felt like I had no meaningful responsibility. I would argue that I actually made a bigger impact that year than I did all my other years as a, as a player. And I think that what I had to learn for myself, that is that leadership requires no title. And I had to take ownership for my actions, my thoughts, my beliefs, my, the way that I was treating other people. And I think that I don't know, Chad, if we'd be on this call right now, if it wasn't for that moment in my life, because it was so humiliating to be cut, to have all my identity, my weight in that thing. And, and as we know, it's it's fleeting, right? It, it doesn't last forever. And in that moment, I was cut. And it really caused me to second guess a lot of things, to second guess my faith and be like, God, where are you in this? But I can tell you, we wouldn't be on this call if it wasn't for that moment, because now as I travel the country and speak and speak with athletes. And, you know, if I, if I talk to someone who maybe tore their ACL and is out for the season, you know, I have a, I have a different compassion for that person and I'm able to connect with that person resonate. Maybe I would have never been able to have that if it wasn't for this happening in my life. And so I think God just uses those trials, those, those areas of your life where you're just like, God, like you, I can't be used in this situation. Like, like, man what's going on here but I just looking back God was just refining my character and just showing me how I didn't need football and God didn't need me to for football to to bring him glory but but man like there's such an opportunity in those moments to either kind of run from God and say I'm mad at you you know I don't agree with what you're doing or we can become closer to him and say God like how can you use me Um, I want to be available and again I didn't do it perfectly but I just want to encourage people out there when you're go maybe you're in a, a coaching role right now that you're just like man I do not know why I'm here and just just give it to God and say God I want to have my hands open and be open to to your call on my life.
0: Yeah man that must have been really hard uh, for you to go through there your junior season and just the phrase like serving in the shadows um, and, and nobody sees it but uh, I do think that that's when we are refined and and so great that you can relate to to so many people cuz tra- tragedy hits heart hardships hit and um at some point careers come to the end. Um, but just in that, that thought of just serving in the shadows, I, I had a, a LinkedIn message from you as the assistant athletic director at a small Christian school. And, and I know you're doing a uh, LinkedIn for John Gordon and as, uh, as the power of positive leadership, he was trying to get some virtual stuff going, I think. And, um, yeah. I'm just, just curious, uh, just in, in the season after you graduate Missouri, um, from, from 22 to 29, when you, uh published the second book. What were some of the things that you were doing um, that that prepared you for that moment uh, to to get to pen a book with with the great John Gordon at 29?
3: Yeah. So John Gordon for the last six years has been a mentor of mine. And and really what it was is he showed up and he spoke at Mizzou and we connected there and and really just seeing him speak. You know, I, I took a public speaking class my senior year. And I really I, I noticed in the class of like 28 kids, like twenty six of them like hated it and were like, I do not want to do this. But like two of us, we were like the nerds in the class. We really enjoyed it. And so that was something that I was like, man, I, I really enjoyed doing this type of thing. And then when I saw John Gordon doing it at, with athletic departments, all this stuff, I'm like, that's amazing. Like I want to do that. And so literally I just reached out to him and said, Hey, I'm willing to to work for you for free. Whatever it looks like, I I, I just want to be around you. How I, I just want to learn from you from what you're doing. And and so that's what I did. And so I, yeah, like you said, I, you know, managed his LinkedIn account, um, helped him with sales, all these other things, and just tried to add value. And, and you know, he's obviously gets a ton of opportunities to go all over. And, and so then it turned into, hey, Alex, I, I have these speaking requests. I can't speak at all of these. Why don't you speak at these ones while I'm speaking over here? And so, that's how it started. And man, I'm just, just been trying to be like a sponge around him. You know and just tried to learn as much as I can. And he's, he's just done such an amazing job of stewarding his gifts and abilities. And so then when we started talking about books and we started talking about our newest book, the sale um, it was just, it just made sense because one of the cool things is for the last six years, I've seen him kind of run his business and do things in his speaking career with integrity. And I, and hopefully too, he's seen that in me, like I've worked um, for his company and, and done things to add value. And we kind of had this character and trust that we built and so it was only fitting that our new book, The Sale, the whole message is about integrity. And so, you know, even though we're different ages, we're in different parts of our careers, I'm just getting started. He's had years of success. I think it really speaks to the trust, um, even with each other and being co-authors and then bringing that message out into the world. Because when I think about, you know, an area of the the world that at times can lack integrity and trust, it's it's athletics. You know, we think about, I mean, you just could Google right now on ESPN, you could Google just you could look on the headline and and I guarantee you there would be some there would be some news article or some athlete or some coach who lacked integrity in a major way. And now because of that, there's just such this ripple effect on the organization. And so, I mean, gosh, there's there is such an opportunity to make an impact in athletics. But also, if you're not careful, man, there's there's these lures and there's these uh, um, opportunities to go down a different the wrong path and and we we all see it in a lot of ways blow up for people on a national stage and so um yeah have loved learning from john and in a lot of ways just getting started and in my career in speaking but it was eight months ago when i quit my full time day job which was comfortable and and you know went all in as a speaker and a writer and it's it's been cool to see how God opens up doors when you're kind of obedient to the calling he has
0: yeah, that's awesome, and I uh, I did want to get into the book. I, I read it. I read it um, digitally, which I don't like to read on on digital format. And and I read it about five days. Just one of those type of books. Just want to keep flipping and um and want to figure out the end. And there's a. A problem within it that, that you're just like, all right, what's it gonna do? But um, don't want to give it away. The the guys listening in and, and gals are gonna have to just go pick it up. But you could have written a book about anything. Um, what what was what? Why was it integrity that just kind of gripped your heart? So I'm just gonna write a book on this.
3: Yeah, it's a great. Well, thanks for reading it, and it's a great question uh, because in some ways it could be maybe easier to write about being positive or doing some of these other things, right? Because those may become a little easier. But I just think integrity is. In a lot of ways, countercultural. You know, we we're almost surprised when we see like really courageous acts of integrity, like someone you see a video online where someone drops like a hundred dollar bill and someone picks it up and gives it, and everyone's like, "Wow, good job!" You know, and it's it's almost like rare these days to like see those opportunities. And I think, you know, our whole culture with social media and with everything the world tells us, like there is just this um, infatuation with just having whatever you want right now, you know, and I think in a lot of ways, like the whole art of delayed gratification has kind of been lost. And a lot in a lot of ways, when we can look on social media, we can look and say, "Man, I want that. And not only do I want it, but I I need to have it because they have it. My friends have it. And then where we get into a lot of trouble is we say, I deserve that thing, right? I deserve it. And we have this entitlement mentality. But what I've had to learn is that every moment I spend looking at other people's giftings or blessings, or man, why can't I be an NFL quarterback? Or why couldn't I be the starting quarterback? I have to remember that comparison is the thief of joy. And so every moment that I spend thinking about those things, I'm I'm taking away from my own God-given abilities and talents that God has given me to steward. And I think that's true for all of us. And so the book, I think the message, it says the sale. It's not really just a book about sales, as you know. It's a book about a guy named Matt, and the main character uh, Matt is having a ton of success at work, and he's is doing some great things, but at home things are in shambles, and his wife Kendra ultimately says, "Look, if you don't change, like I'm done. I didn't sign up for this. We're getting a divorce." And you know, long story short, uh, again, we're not going to give you anything away for your listeners here. They have to go out and read it. But uh, Matt has the chance to make a huge sale at work. He's in commission sales, uh, and he has the chance to make a seven. Million dollar sale. Like, just imagine making seven million dollars, a lot of money. But the only problem is, him and his team would have to lack integrity to make the sale go through. So he has the decision of, do I make the money or do I do the right thing? And, and like you said, you know, we're going to keep everyone on the edge of their seats here, not telling them the ending, but it's just really cool to see um, through his mentor, Randy, in the book, the um, things that he learns, the things, the ways that he is transformed in his own character. Um, um, just through the different principles and, and things that we talk about in the book. And so, yeah, it's been really fun to share that message, whether it's corporate America. I was just speaking to a football team in college the other day. I think the principles to answer your question in a roundabout way, the reason why we chose this message is because they apply to every team in America. They apply to every organization in America or any country for that matter. You know, when, when you're on a team where there's high trust and you, and you, uh, fully trust the people next to you and that is like that is an awesome place to be and you love going to work you love doing what you do whether you're in ministry or a secular job it doesn't matter That's all. really as christians it's all ministry right no matter where god has placed you and so um when when the opposite is true and you have when you don't have the trust you don't have the you can't trust the person next to you Man, it, it just sucks the life out of you and so our message to people in corporate america or on a football field or coaches is you can go out and have success and you can do amazing things with the gifts that God has blessed you with. But man, you, you also have the opportunity to do things the wrong way. And so our message to people is man, go be wildly successful, but don't lose your soul in the process. Don't compromise your morals and give yourself away at the cost of winning, you know? And we, and we see examples all the time, like Tony Dungy, Dabo Sweeney, Mark Rick, we could just go on and name some of these coaches who are doing things the right way and God's blessing them and they're winning games and they're, they're having awesome recruiting classes, but they're doing it in a way um, that, that, that honors God. And I think as a Christian coach, I mean, that's, that should be the goal is doing things God way, God's way and, and playing sports, God's way. And uh, cause he created it all.
0: That's really good. And just even this weekend, there was another, another news headline of a young man that, that may made, made some poor choices. And, um, and yeah, it's, it's hard when we, when we see those things and, um, when I was first starting out as a coach, I remember seeing uh, a successful SEC football coach, you know, uh, rise to the top and, and get in trouble for integrity issues. And so just the John Maxwell quote, um, you know, the true success is being the most loved and respected by those closest to you. It was a quote that I, I really wanted to, to live by. Um, and, and just this other thought on as, as Christians, you know, thinking about grace and, and no one's perfect, even Paul. Uh, the author of two thirds of the New Testament, right? It was just saying the things I want to do, I don't do. The things I do, I don't want to do. Just this tug of war, uh, within integrity. So I'm just curious for you, like, how do you, how do you try to live your life, uh, by your values and and live with integrity, uh, according to who you want to be?
3: Yeah, I think for me it starts with um, obviously uh, having time with God individually first, right? I think the best leaders lead themselves first. You know, they're inside out leaders. We always hear that. But I think before anything, it, it needs to be, I mean, I have to be filled with the spirit. I have to be equipped. I have to be armed and ready to go before I go out into battle. And so for me, you know, this morning before we were on this call, like it was me having some quiet time. And, and again, like uh, there's no like legalistic t- thing about this, but it's just, man, just like if you work out at the gym, you get stronger, um, you grow in strength. Uh, you're working out that muscle, that discipline the same way as our is our relationship with with Christ. And so I think for me, it starts there. Another thing that's, that's been huge is just accountability. Having, uh, you know, I have a friend named Nick and at least once a week, we're just checking in how, how are things going? We're working out together at the gym. We're, we're getting coffee. Hey, what are, how are you, you know, what areas do you need help in? What, how, how's ministry going for you? All these things We're in different lanes, so to say, so to speak, but we have the same mission. And so that's been huge. Just having that accountability to where if I do need to confess things, if I do need to bring, get things off my chest, man, there's a, there's a, I shouldn't say safe space, but yeah, I mean, we're great friends and we have this trust built to where, um, and we, we, we just love each other and encourage each other. And so I would say that's been huge for me. And then also finding role models, finding people in my life who I, um, look at and say, wow, like they are, um, using their gifts for kingdom purposes and, and making such a difference with their platform. Like those are the type of people I want to, obviously I want to be more like Jesus, but also just people examples in my life of people that I can, um, kind of look to and say, wow, that's so cool how they're using their gifts and, and learning from those ways, rather than looking to the other people in the world, maybe who are doing the opposite and envying what they have. And I think it's very clear in the Bible not to envy those people and for what, for what they are doing. And so um, I think those three things for me is a great start but then man, it's, it's a daily thing. You know, we talk about in the book, it's, it's not a one-time decision you make and all right, I'm going to live with integrity. Oh, no, we all know that's not true. It's sometimes an hourly thing, sometimes a minute believe it's not even a word, but minutely thing. And it's uh, but I think just, you know, um, being open to God, how can you use me? How can I, what are areas that I need to grow in? What are my blind spots? How, how you know, um, what, what is sin that I need to confess, whatever that looks like in your own life. Um, not being so busy with your your coaching schedule, recruiting, games, all this stuff that you're neglecting the people closest to you, like you said in the John Maxwell quote with your family, your friends, but also that you're not neglecting the needed time you need with God to fill you up so you can do these things that He's he's given us the gifts and abilities anyway, right? And so for us to neglect the time with him, it's like, man, we're trying to do something on our own that he's given us. And and I'm convicted of that all the time. And I just need to say, you know what, Alex, slow down. Say no to this other thing I, I I'm trying to chase over here, put it on the side, get time with the Lord. And and those are the best days that I have. It's the days that I don't do that where I'm stressed, I'm overworked, I'm burnt out, I'm tired. I'm like, why am I doing this? But man, on the days where I'm I am all in and saying, God, how can you use me? Those are the days that man, you you you, you hit your head hits the pillow that night, you're like, Man, today was awesome.
0: That's that's awesome. It's not like just creating some time to uh, have space and and reflect and um, bring people into your life. And, and like you said, confess, you know, when we do take one step uh, off the path that we want to be going down, then we take a moment, reset and, and get back right on. Uh, moving forward but um but Alex this uh I I have a feeling we, we need to get you back for for round two another time to keep the conversation going um this has been so good thanks for taking your time to come and share but we just like to end with with a word of prayer is is there anything that we can be praying uh with you or your family about
3: yeah I would say thanks for asking um I'm going into like the busiest month of my speaking career this next month so I would say just prayer for um just that I would yeah uh give give be open to to who who god has me to speak with and all the different places i'm going to whether it's a corporate company or a or a team or or an athletic department or a school that god would just use those different opportunities uh for his glory
0: that's awesome well let's pray lord we uh just thank you so much just for this time that we could connect and and hear more about alex's story and god you are you're worthy of all all glory and and honor and uh and power and um God, we just pray for Alex right now that, that you would uh, just prepare the steps as he goes on the speaking trip uh, through September and um, just that you would connect him with the people that that you want him to, to reach and and, uh, and love and and just share uh, the hope that we have that's in you. And I just pray that you will bless bless his uh, work, his, his business, his, his ministry, and, and bless his family too. Um, thanks again f- just for being a loving father and uh, we give you our, our days and our lives to you. Praise in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. 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 Chad, what a great interview. You did a, such a great job. You hadn't interviewed someone for almost a year now, and, and it felt like you've been doing it, you know, for two straight years. So thank you so much for taking the time to record with Alex. Alex, such a great, great guy. We've been following his work. Um, I also got to read The Sale and such a such a great book. Um I loved when he talked about how he didn't have a flashy testimony. And I think sometimes we always think, oh, we have to talk about, oh, I used to do drugs and God saved me from the, you know, bottom of the pit or this and that. And but sometimes our testimony is God provided me with a godly mom and dad, or godly God, you know, parent or grandparents. And my life maybe didn't have those highs and lows of of a lot of people, but God, you can still see God through, through those, those, those testimonies.
0: For sure. And it's like, uh, just with, I think it's an arrow of the enemy to make people think that, that the amazing grace that they need wasn't so amazing, you know, but every time somebody comes to know the Lord, that's a, it's amazing. And uh, a huge sacrifice that that Jesus made for us. But, um, a a quote that I like that he shared with just comparison is the thief of joy. Um, just, just, uh, yeah, there's so much within the book that, that he uh, drew out and um, yeah, can't say it enough, but you just gotta go read it. Um, if, if you like the John Gordon fable, um, you gotta go get it right now. Jim, you got anything that you'd take away?
2: Well, you guys hit uh, some great points. I, I liked that just a simple thought when he was starting off doing some stuff with John Gordon, um, he mentioned just being a sponge. And it just reminds me as we transition in different roles, which we're all going through is just to kind of glean off those mentors we have and to just be a sponge and be open, be available
0: for sure. And he said he, he worked for free. Like how many people are willing to just go work for free so that you're close and able to learn from a great mentor like John Gordon
1: and going above and beyond what Alex had talked about. I think it's important to have a supporting community and you could see, you know, he, he gave a lot to, to just be a part of John's John Gordon's group, but now it's building of a community that he's interested in as well you know he's working with companies he's working with teams and he's trying to to make those teams and and companies become more cohesive uh develop trust in, in within its members and that's what we're trying to do here too um with the podcast and our patreon group um we just made all of the devotionals now on patreon available to anybody um you can just go there and we have a weekly devotional that has to do a little bit with sports, a little bit with faith, um, which is what our podcast is all about. And now all of our videos too, all of our interviews from season two and now season three are available um, on YouTube. So if you guys want to go watch the interviews, you can do that. A lot of people are doing that instead of listening. Um, and um, it's just a great experience to just go above and beyond what we're we're doing here on the podcast.
0: Yeah. And and uh thanks for putting all that together gian and and that community is so huge and we're just so thankful for all all our listeners um if you guys can help us spread the word 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 of mouth social media um we'll, we'll retweet it for sure and uh jim you're new to the podcast but the way that we end every episode is the same it's a reminder that we need and we hope that our guests will take but uh it is the mission field is right where you're at